St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians at one point says, I kneel before the Father for whom every family on earth is named. And that word for family, those two Greeks in, words in Greek, father and family, are very similar. So that there are some translations that translated instead, I kneel before the Father for whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth is named. And in thinking of this, we may think of how perhaps all cultures in some way, when they thought about God or whatever they took to be God, in some way associated fatherhood with him. And there's good reason for this. Because first of all, by the use of our own reason, we can discover that God exists and that he is the creator, that he made all things. And further than this, we can discover what we call the doctrine of divine providence, that he guides things and protects them, guiding them toward their final end. And indeed, when we turn to the revelation given to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, we see still further, when we look there right at the beginning of the book of Genesis, besides creating all things, that the Lord made human beings in his own image and likeness, so that there is a resemblance between us and God. And so all of these reasons give us good reason to associate fatherhood with God. Reasons like resemblance, being made, being protected, being guided. And yet, for all these reasons, they're still a little vague, a little distant, until the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, we hear a very clear and very strong proclamation of how he knows God as Father. Now, we should not fall into the mistake of thinking that our Lord Jesus was merely a human being who just had a close relationship to God. No, he was something far more than that. Though true man, he was also true God. From all eternity, he had been God the Son. And so he was no mere human being in close relationship to God. He was God the Son who had been begotten of God the Father. The second person of the Trinity, begotten of the first from all eternity. And so he truly was and is in a unique position to proclaim to all of us the fatherhood of God. Because he knows the fatherhood of God the Father like no one else does. For he is the only begotten Son of God the Father. And so this brings us to the doctrine that we celebrate today, that of the Holy Trinity. A doctrine, a mystery of God's own being, called a mystery because we could never discover it by our own reason, but which God has revealed to us, which is revealed in all of these mysteries that we have celebrated over the past six months. And it's revealed for a reason, because God know, wants us to know him, wants us to enter into that life and to be enriched by it. And so it is that we have this Sunday to celebrate this central mystery of the Christian faith, this doctrine, the foundation of all the others. And it's a fairly easy one to state. We believe that God is three divine persons, but that there is just one divine nature, 
And so we want to make sure, as we affirm that, that we don't fall into errors on either side. So on the one hand, it would not be correct to say that we believe in three gods. We do not. We believe in one god. We are not polytheists. On the other hand, it would not be correct to say that God is just one person doing three actions or relating to us in three ways or wearing three masks. This also would be an error. We believe that there are three divine persons. Three persons, one divine nature, the doctrine of the divine trinity. Now, of course, this can be difficult to get our minds around because we don't have anything else in creation to compare to this exactly. But if we want to deepen into it, then having, having defined this doctrine, we can then turn back, especially to the various events in salvation history by which it was revealed to us. And perhaps especially on this Father's Day to consider our Lord Jesus' own proclamation of God the Father as Father. We see this throughout his earthly ministry in those different times in the Gospel where he tries to get away from the crowd of people and usually doesn't succeed very well as he pulls away sometimes at night in order to pray, in order to have some special time again, just him and God the Father. And how well he would have wanted this because this is the way it had been for all eternity. And so as much as the people on earth needed him and he wanted to help them, he also wanted to be with his Father. Or we consider those times when he said, the Father and I are one. Or when he talked about how he was here to do the Father's will. Or when he told Philip, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Or those times where he prayed aloud in the hearing of the disciples, and this is recorded in the Gospel, so we can actually listen in on the communication between him and God the Father. Perhaps at greatest length and deepness in that passage in the Gospel according to John when he's speaking to them at the Last Supper. And we hear an extended prayer as he is speaking to God the Father. And from all of this, we can perhaps imagine, imagine, extend from what we know into what we can perhaps imagine of the quality, the relationship from all eternity between these two divine persons, between God the Father and God the Son, whom he had begotten, of such infinite love, of such generosity, of such energy, of such giving and receiving. Pope John Paul II wrote that the Son receives everything from the Father and gives everything back to the Father in love. And so, when we meditate upon this, we can begin to grasp the quality of that relationship that God the Son, made incarnate in Jesus Christ, had had from all eternity and lived out on this earth. Now, it's possible that some of you might be wanting to say to Jesus at this point, well, that's great for you. It's great that you have that relationship with the Father, but what does this have to do with me? Now, if by chance any one of you is saying that within yourself, then I have to tell you, you have missed the entire point of the Catholic faith. The whole thing. But that's okay, because then that means that this is the moment when you get to hear it for the first time. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father. 
but he came so that we might be adopted as sons and daughters of the Father, so that we who did not have that relationship might be brought into it. And if I ask you, as I would ask the children, when does this adoption happen? I hope that you're ready to respond, baptism. That's when the adoption happens. But just because it happened objectively doesn't mean it has yet sunk in. Pope John Paul II wrote to a different group, writing to families, become what you are. Anyone here who has been baptized is an adopted son or daughter of the Father. But you need to become what you are. You need to let that relationship, that truth sink in. You need to live it out more and more. And this is exactly what our Lord Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to not only be objectively sons and daughters of the Father, but to live it, to know it, to let it color who we are and how we live. And we know the great love of the Father. Perhaps we should first start by considering what we know of the love of our Lord Jesus. Remember that St. Paul wrote to the Romans about how perhaps with difficulty one might die for a good person, but for a bad one? And he says, in this we see Christ's love for us, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And so especially upon Good Friday, we remember again through his sacrifice, through how he was willing to give everything for us, we recognize the depth of Christ's love for us. We can take that same recognition and now turn to that first person of the Trinity, to God the Father, and see the same thing. Imagine any human father giving not himself, but his own child to save someone else. And this is what God the Father did in just the same way that our Lord Jesus gave himself. He gave his only son. And so it is that at the Easter Vigil in the Exultet Prayer at the beginning, we hear those great words. To ransom a slave, you gave your son. This, this is the love of God the Father. And so it is that in what our Lord Jesus reveals of God the Father, what we recognize in that revelation, we go well beyond the vague beginning concept of God as Father, of resemblance and creation and guidance and protection, to instead to profound love, giving and receiving, listening and communicating, sharing and being with. This is what our Lord Jesus knew. This is what he wants to invite us into. And this fuller concept of fatherhood, found in the Father, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name, is also a call to every single human father. And I'm going to say we as I say this because I also am called to live up to this in exercising spiritual fatherhood as a priest. And let's consider this both from a negative side and then from a positive one. As I interact more with people, as I interact with our youth here, it seems to me that so many problems in people's lives, perhaps, perhaps every problem in the world, might find its origin in those who do not have good fathers. 
in those whose fathers, yes, made them, but then turned out to be abusive or critical or absent or distant. And the kinds of wounds, the kinds of uncertainty, the kinds of wrong desires that are then found in these children who lacked good fathers and in the adults that they become, what profound harm is done when someone lacks a good father. But if that's the negative side, then turn to the positive. What then happens when a father lives out a fatherhood like that of God the Father? When he not only creates, resembles, protects, and guides, but also loves, gives, and receives, listens and communicates, accompanies, and gives above all himself to give their son or daughter just exactly what they hunger for. And in this way, when human fathers can imitate to the fullest extent possible the fatherhood of God the Father, then you don't just make a human being, you make a human being. And what blessing you give to that human being through your fatherhood, and what blessing to so many more through that human being that you have fathered. And so, let us pray for good fathers. Let us strive to be good fathers in imitation of God the Father. And indeed, when we do this, one of the things that we do for these sons and daughters is to pave the way because when they experience a good human father, how much easier it will be for them to then come to know God the Father, whom our Lord Jesus has revealed. And so we are here on this Father's Day and on this Holy Trinity Sunday in Holy Mass. And at every Mass, we are in the heart of the Trinity. In just moments, our Lord Jesus will make himself present upon this altar. Here he will be, giving everything to the Father, receiving everything from him. The Holy Spirit is in each of our hearts, drawing us forward to unite ourselves with him, to live out in this moment most intensely that adoption as son or daughter that Christ gave us in our baptism, so that we too turn to God the Father, receiving everything from him and giving everything back. He from whom all fatherhood on heaven and earth is named.